Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for January 19th, 2020, uh, the second Sunday after the Epiphany. Uh-huh. Uh, it, 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 we, we get back into some of those uh, uh, less flashy titles. of Right. <laughs> the after, after. Yeah. Epiphany. Christmas. The couple of days after. <laughs> like, that's where we're at. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, tell us about this, this, this uh, section though, that we're in. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of very important days uh, uh, here during the holiday season right? Uh, and, and uh, uh, feasts that we have celebrated, the Feast of the, uh, the Epiphany. And, and, but yet these days are still carved into, uh, carved out and, and made a part of each other. Uh, what are we, uh, big picture, celebrating these, let's see, how many, how many days, how many Sundays is this? Six Sundays, we, we have, we have uh, uh, let's see here, second Sunday after, Third Sunday after, fourth Sunday after, fifth Sunday after, sixth Sunday after, and then Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have like a, what seems to be five Sundays that don't get special big titles, titles, but it's still part of this general season. What's the overall theme of this general season? The, the general theme, and and includes Transfiguration, is the way the various moments that Jesus was <clears throat> described or revealed as divine. Okay. Okay, so, so this is God. God made manifest is the slogan for Epiphany. Okay, yeah, all right. And so if you see a bumper sticker that says that, you know they're talking about Epiphany, <laughs> <laughs> the season of. Right, 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 right. Then, then after that, they should take the bumper sticker down because we're outside of that. Yes, <laughs> outside of that season. <laughs> Lent, so you know something like. Repent. <laughs> That's right. You are nothing yeah. and worthless. Have some ashes. Ride, ride, you worm. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, so this is we're still in kind of a, a festive oh, yeah. mood for sure, uh, and, uh, and 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 that is probably the reason why they just count as the the basically it's 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 the epiphany is it has its own title, uh, but these are smaller epiphanies. Yes, as we yes. go along, quite uh, so. So quite it's more, literally, they it's are more sp- like the second epiphany, <laughs> or, or the, the further epiphany. Yeah. Yes, the 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 epiphany epiphany harder. <laughs> <laughs> if we were going I, I, with like movie titles, yeah. Like, and 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 you hired probably the worst uh, <laughs> the worst idea man in me uh, uh, you possibly could. Epiphany, the next generation. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Right. Mm. So, uh, let's go to, normally it's Stump the Priest. I believe I've picked a word that you will know. Uh, But it is a word. Unfortunately, that jinx it. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, uh, so maybe this is more Stump stump the Listener. Uh, But uh, every now and again, uh, I like to pick a word that, uh, that may not resonate with most people, or it's one of those that you've, heard it in the background or like and, mm-hmm. and that and that it's that word in the conversation where you nod along as though you know what it is and like oh yeah sure 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 because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to look dumb or or you don't want to ask because <laughs> you just don't care <laughs> but uh so this is your first forced so learning we're talking about the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> this is your this is your the, the the portion of the podcast where it's forced learning uh but the the word is verger oh okay i do know that one <laughs> I thought you might. I thought you yeah. might. That's a liturgical role, sometimes not liturgical, but it's essentially the the man or woman who leads the procession uh, with a um, 
technically what's I believe called a mace still, and will lead the procession into the church during the service, often leads readers and other people to where they need to go, and generally is supposed to sort of keep order of the service mm-hmm. of, of worship. But uh, the other dimension of it is that they were the historically the sort of custodian of the church, both in terms of a modern definition of that and a, a more general one, where they were supposed to make sure the church building itself was maintained and mm-hmm. locked up at the proper time or unlocked at the proper time, um, kept clean, uh, things like that. So it's um, in most congregations now that's that's no longer part of the role. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was supposed to be the guy, the man or woman who kept things clean and orderly, both physically and liturgically. Very good. Uh, now, the uh, the EpiscopalChurch.org website uh, states specifically that it's a lay ministry. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. They cannot be ordained. Okay, there you go. Uh, and, and so uh, is it called a mace because it's a mace? Yeah. Like, so it, <laughs> literally this is the church but, bodyguard. In a way. <laughs> in a way. And I lead the procession but, because if you mess with it, any of the people who follow, I will swing this thing at you and well, a mace clock you clean. <laughs> <laughs> a mace historically has been a sign of various meanings, not just a weapon. Gotcha. So, and um, I assume in different shapes and yeah. Designs. So the not necessarily the, the verger's mace usually is a, a, a staff. I'm thinking probably about two and a half feet long, with uh, some kind of decoration on the top that's about the size of a golf ball. Okay. Um, sometimes it's made of a precious of silver. I've never seen one made of gold, but they're bound to be out there or wood, carved wood. That's a cross or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that it's carried typically at a 45 degree angle. Oh, that's not and, in here. Okay. And vergers tend to be very particular about this. Mm. I've learned through the years so that it's differentiated from the processional cross, which is always carried gotcha. upright at a mm-hmm. perpendicular to the ground. Okay. But yeah. yeah, it does look like the verger could whack you if you step out of your pew at the wrong moment. Right. So the history of the verger, uh, the only thing I'll add here is it, it does say the history of verger dates back to the Middle Ages when the verger was, quote unquote, the protector of the procession. Uh, uh, he, because back then, back then uh, would lead the way, making room for the procession to enter the church from the town square and with his verge, V-I-R-G-E, uh, or mace in hand, could and would literally clear the way if necessary. Uh, <laughs> the basic vestment of the verger is a black cassock, uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, uh, the vergers may be full-time or part-time paid or volunteer. I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that basically paid- runs the gambit of all manner, right. <laughs> so I'm not sure why it's in the definition. Um, <laughs> and if they're paid, it's almost always they have that custodian role. Gotcha. Okay. If they're vo- volunteer, it's usually that they have just the worship role. Gotcha. Very good. And so. there is, within the Episcopal Church, a Vergers Association. Oh. That has a, I don't know if they still meet every year, but they have a Verger Convention, which I picture everyone standing in very orderly lines for any event. <laughs> I wonder if they would have a, uh, if they have an introductory class, if it's, so you're on the verge of verge. <laughs> on the verge of verger. <laughs> yes, they do have. Do they trim, do they also, is that where trimming the, what's, what's, when you say trimming the verge, 
Uh, or, uh, That's not ringing a bell for me, I must hmm. admit. I think it's more English, uh, more of an English term. So, okay. So it might be something. Um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah. So, Verger. You know what's one thing that occurred it, to me last night oh. was I'm a very honorable man. Oh. Because I know you're going alphabetically through the dictionary, and I've never been tempted the <laughs> night before to look up in under that letter what I was going Until to do. That moment, Until that, that moment. Until that moment. That realization that you hadn't been tempted is in and of itself and suddenly a the apple was on the tree. Yes. <laughs> but I stayed away, and fortunately, I knew the answer. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Verger is also uh, the initial name of the center of the ship in the first Star Trek movie. Because it was Voyager and with the oh Voyager. <laughs> Anyways, nerd, uh, <laughs> nerd alert, nerd, nerd. <laughs> Moving along, uh, let's get into the readings then. Uh, so uh, we've had a lot of readings from uh, Isaiah. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue, uh, and and part of I think the reason that uh, they, they've chosen so many readings from Isaiah. It, as as you go along with epiphanies, hey, this is the one we were talking about. Yeah. A lot of that writing is in Isaiah. A right. lot of the, the prophecies and references uh, are from the giant book of Isaiah. Uh, yeah, which with, is one of the biggest in the Hebrew scriptures, or anywhere in the Bible. I was going to say, is, isn't it the biggest? Is it bigger than Psalms? Psalms has one. like a hundred, has over a hundred chapters. Chapters, but it's not. Some of those chapters are. Fairly. Well, I've never tested them by weight, so I really don't know. Yeah, which is the only way, which is the correct way of measuring uh, length in the Bible, is by weight. Uh, so, uh, we're, this one is. Uh, we're going to start with Isaiah forty-nine verses one through seven. Uh, listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I be, will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And my Lord, and now the Lord says, "Who formed me in, to in the womb to be His servant, to bring Jacob back to Him, and that Israel might be gathered to Him? For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength." He says, "It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations, to my salvation." that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Um, this is the... Second or third writer for Isaiah? Third, I believe. Third? Okay. It might be on the cusp, but I'm pretty sure it's the third. Um, and when he's talking about the coastlands, he's just, it, this is another, to the far reaches of yeah. the earth. It's not specifically like, I'm, this is going to you directly, uh, O nation of, right. insert, Lebanon insert or, name here. Yeah, one of the coastal nations. Um, okay. Um, and it seems as though, is, the, is this setting up 
um, this kind of feels, if I'm right on this, it feels Pauline uh, in that uh, it seems like the writer is saying, this is my background. This is uh, uh, this is where I come from, hmm. and why uh, I the message I'm about to deliver to you has weight and importance is because yeah. I come from nothing, and God has basically said like, no, you're going to do this, <laughs> and, and <laughs> you're going to be you're, you're going to be this uh, th this way. I, I'm made by my Maker to be uh, to have a a, a, sh a mouth like a sharp sword. Mm -hmm. So I, I've been made to cut you and to <laughs> to uh, to to Yikes. have sharp words uh, against you. And that's it's it's not me talking. This is just, this is just the way I'm made. It's not my fault. Um, but uh, is is that is that right? Is this basically setting up like uh, this is why my message is important? Sort of. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I have to admit, I never thought of it in in terms of Pauline's of a Pauline. Um, self-description but you're right that they are very very similar as to what are my credentials right yeah okay um so it, i'm trying to figure out it's hard it's hard to tell um by the way number one i read it but also the way that it's, <laughs> it's written uh, if you just hear the words, it's hard to tell which portions of these are actual quotes because he does say, right. and now says the Lord, because uh, 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 like uh, in there in verse, all of verse five is like the lead up to the quote, and you're not entirely sure. Wait, and now the Lord says, but not this part, not this part, not mm -hmm. this part. This is what he says. Um, did he get to the? Did Isaiah get <laughs> this third writer of Isaiah get to uh, uh, what? he really wanted to talk about in this verse? Cause it does kind of still seem like, well, uh, it, um, you will do this and this will happen. And you, you're, you haven't labored in vain and you're the right person for the job. And it's interesting because it's interesting you point that out because part of the challenge of translating this in English is the way that objects of verbs happen in Hebrew. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so it, it, it's difficult to keep a close word-to-word -word translation and still convey who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. And so um, in verse 6, for instance, uh, the, the subject is of to raise up is God rather than the voice Rather than the prophet, right? Rather than the writer, yeah, and and that's so kind of hard to see. Um, yeah, like I said, there's a whole verse of lead up that you're yeah. like, okay, someone's talking. Wait, what? Who? Which one? <laughs> which one was talking here? Yeah, and verse five is a description of God's action, right? Rather than a job description for what the bo pro prophetic voice is. Mm -hmm. So again, in the English, it's it's hard to. <laughs> realize that verse five, God's doing all of this, um, that God is doing all the gathering. God's doing all the honoring. God is making God's self the strength. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cause it's just English and Hebrew doesn't always mesh well together. Right. Now verse seven, I think is, uh, um, really what he was leading up to the point that he was leading up to. Um, he is talking to Israel, not the writer, correct? Um, 
because he uh, to to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Uh, he's talking to the it, it, God is talking to Israel to, in this. Yes. Okay. In this sense, but <laughs> yes, but um, many Christians have seen this as a prophecy of Christ. So rather than okay. Israel, it's the Messiah who's the um, subject. Okay. Okay. And grammatically, it could be uh, because the 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 voice of chapter forty nine is what we now call the suffering servant, and there are three servant songs in Isaiah. This is the middle one. Okay. So it's it's a motif that Isaiah comes back to repeatedly, and Christians uh, often, if not always, identify the suffering servant with Jesus. Got it. The, the willingness to give up right. power, that's kind of the role he played. So. Yeah. yeah. And one we're all asked to play as Christians. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is the model that Christ followed and therefore we should as well. And within Judaism, there's a theology and, and spirituality of this is the model that Israel as a nation is called to follow, and so every individual should. Gotcha. So while it may have a slightly different source of why, we end up in the same spot of living life for the sake of others. Now, uh, since you pointed out that um, uh, Christians will, uh, will tie these to uh, mm -hmm. Christ, does that then mean that... Um, uh, uh, Jews would then tie this to still the Messiah prophecy some as, will, as some, yet unfulfilled, or some do, some don't. Okay, yeah, it's not universally seen as a as a prophecy okay. of a Messiah. I wasn't sure if that was something that Christians created, kind of whole cloth for themselves, like kind of oh, did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Jews are like, no, that's Israel. Not so much. <laughs> well, and and the Jewish concern is that it is that it then pulls the meaning away from individual fulfilling of it, the current individual fulfilling. It's like, okay, that was Jesus's job. I don't have to worry about it. Got it. Whereas, yeah, we're supposed to. Got you. Yeah, yeah. That is, this doesn't get you off the hook. No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, uh, anything else about this uh, Isaiah passage? I, th I think that's it at this point. Okay. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother, ooh, wow, uh, Sosthenes? Yeah, sure. <laughs> He's not allowed to yell at me. Uh, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I will give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you are waiting for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by him. You were called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, a very, like, like I, I 
hadn't even read ahead. Look at that. Uh, 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 kind of like, you know, how Paul starts. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, and we've said it before, definitely does read like a letter. Yeah. Greetings and salutations from yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and this one is seen as a genuine letter from Paul. Uh, that was going to be my question. Yep. And, and pretty well preserved. Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, sometimes the letters are fragments that have been put together, but this one, um, for very, you know, by luck or by Holy Spirit, it was well preserved in its entirety, it looks like. Yeah. A um, uh, lot of, uh, uh, and, 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 and uh, in traditional Paul style, uh, he basically says the same thing several different ways. Right. <laughs> which is why you have the term Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, and references of Jesus Christ every, you know, <laughs> yeah. half sentence, <laughs> which is just kind of his style. Um, and uh, who is who is the, the 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 brother, our brother Sosthenes? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, who who is this person? Like, what do we know from a historical aspect? Like, uh, I'm writing it to you, uh, the church in Corinth, and to this dude. Mm -hmm. Well, there. We don't know for sure. Okay. He's one of these folks that, as far as I know, doesn't even have a lot of legends about him. Um, but I could be wrong on that. Maybe there are lots of legends around him. But um, he might be connected with a person who's mentioned in uh, the Book of Acts. The sort of um, presumption is that he was probably one of the leaders of the Jewish synagogue in Corinth who was also a follower of Christ. Gotcha. So it, it's it's one of these moments that is a good reminder to us today of how the first followers of Christ were worshiping in the synagogues with their brother and sister Jewish devout. And right. there was not considered a conflict on either side about doing that. Yeah. They were welcome in the synagogues and they felt free to worship there, and even, even if they weren't Jewish themselves. Okay. Yeah. Not not exclusive. Right. Um I don't want to make sense that Sosthenes would be like a figurehead in the, mm -hmm. the, the, the church, the temple, um, because that's, you know, hey, I'm writing this. Deliver it to the people, if you would. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, the same way you get a, a, a bishop letter to read right. uh, uh, you on know, every, every once yeah. in a while on a Sunday. Uh, um, it, it, this is following the same uh, same mode and same method. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, um, I'm not, I have to be, admit, I'm not entirely sure why this passage is chosen for the Sunday. I know sometimes the New Testament readings are often not necessarily picked because they fit with the overall message or the, 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 the tone. They have a, they're the ones that have the tendency to kind of stray and be like, hey, if you don't like the theme of this week, Here's your, yeah. <laughs> here's your little, uh, here's your, here's a, here's a life on the raft. Side. But, but especially for the beginning part of the letter, this is just, you know, this is the greetings and salutations portion of it. It doesn't have too much meat on its bones as far as I, as far as I could see, other than mm -hmm. this it, Paul standard kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, uh, this is the subject matter that we'll be discussing today. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like the intro to uh, a, a training video. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and say what you're going to teach, teach right? it, say what you taught. Right, right. So we're not going to get into too much instruction right here in the first two minutes, but we're going to, you know, 
I'm Bill. And yeah. I, you know, I am calling. I'm emailing you here today to discuss the exciting opportunities in the field of you know, not whatever. Uh, but uh, but it it doesn't. Am I wrong in that, or is it chosen for? Basically, through the the season of Epiphany, mm-hmm. we'll be going through the letter of Corinthians, verse after verse after verse. Uh huh. Okay. So they had to start somewhere, and the lectionary designers decided to start chapter one, verse one. Okay. So if so, a preacher could decide to spend the season of Epiphany simply talking in the sermon about Corinthians oh, and walk okay. people through it. Have gotcha. a sermon series on that. Um, or people who study the the scriptures on their own will find themselves having a very focused walk through the letter to the Corinthians. Okay. And I guess, uh, um, yeah, now I was going to say, I guess it could be interpreted as though maybe this is an epiphany to the church in Corinth. Well, in a way, well, yes, maybe. certainly it is. Uh, uh, but uh, again, he doesn't go into too much that it would have been like, who is this man? And you know, well, what, what's okay? Greetings, greetings to you from me, from God, and this guy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> have you not heard about this? <laughs> well, and, and what's but what's helpful or interesting? Have you met your Lord? Have you met our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? See, and maybe, maybe they had not. Maybe and maybe they had because, because again, th- this is prior to the great persecutions. Okay, so. Someone easily could have wandered into the synagogue that Sunday or Saturday, depending on which day the people had gathered. Brother Sosthenes, I have a question. Who is Jesus Christ? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is this man that's mentioned 19 times in nine verses? Right. <laughs> and so Paul was making sure of that. On a, from a nerdy perspective. Sure. Oh, I like the nerdy perspective. fascinating to see the slight differences between the titles for Christ that mm-hmm. Paul uses which gives us some insight into the terminology the earliest Christians were using. Or is he wood chopping? Like, <laughs> Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't like that one, Christ Jesus. And if you don't like that one. <laughs> There's something for everyone. Jesus Christ our Lord. How do you, which one, on a scale of one to ten, which one, how do these resonate with you? Like, well, I, what, do you but, like, uh, how does this one make you feel? If you walked around today among American Christians and said, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, they think you're a dyslexic. Yeah, that's true. That's because, true. Because, you know, Christ is Jesus' last name in America. Yes. So that tells us that Paul was doing something different. Little little known fact, his middle name was Joseph after his dad. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Joseph Christ. Also known as JJC. <laughs> that's why my bracelet says, what would JJC do? <laughs> JJC. <laughs> I'm edging my best. You don't know. <laughs> um, so it, it, it. So seriously, it's it's fascinating to see what was the theological terminology that was being agreed upon. Okay. What, what was appropriate titles for that amazing event of a person living, dying, being resurrected, being God made manifest. Mm-hmm. And you see all these different titles within one sentence after another right. that are just slight, diff- slightly different twists on it. And you know, people could write a PhD just on these verses regarding the Masonic, Masonic titles here. Huh. That is interesting. Yeah. Where, where, 
Nice. Where does where in the timeline does do we think this letter falls? Is this about a, the fifties? I mean, obviously it's earlier than Second Corinthians, but is this one of his earlier yeah. writings? Okay, yeah. Yeah. so about the fifties. Yeah, that is that that would be. Uh, yeah, so it's it's one of the earliest pieces of Christian writing we have. Okay, very good. Anything else? Um, I'm blanking, so let's move on. Okay. <laughs> there was. Again, it's it's a loaded passage. Yeah. Even as it seems like it's routine. It's loaded to you. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're in this business, though. Right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, for those listening at home, I, I just, I'll, I'll wear my feelings on my sleeves, and that... <laughs> Didn't have, that one didn't have much for me. <laughs> that one didn't have much for me. I'm moving on. John, uh, uh, John 1, verse 29 through 42. Uh, and that goes. So, way. oh, go ahead. I just think this is worth hearing ahead of time. Okay. This is the closest we get to uh, uh, infancy narrative in John. There is no baby story. And. Oh, okay. Um, this is the first time. I thought you were judging John for his uh, storytelling. <laughs> sort of I am. Uh, we'll get into that so later. <laughs> as you listen to this being read, you are hearing the first time that the term, that the name Jesus is said in the Gospel of John. What's the first part of the, the, the book of John then? It's the beautiful prologue that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. which is poetic and theological. And then... Um, six verses or so about John the Baptist. Okay. Gotcha. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. uh, Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with fire for this reason that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day John again said, was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched, Jesus walked by. He exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated as Peter. Um, So how old is is? Do you think you said this is as close as we get to infancy writing? How old yeah. is Jesus supposed to be in this? Fully adult. Fully adult. Okay. So, yeah. Well, whatever that, that is, 30. I mean, in terms of when we think Jesus died, 
Um, I was going to say that that, that so solves that solves one of the the things that I was worried about. Uh, uh, then, as as if he was like twelve. Okay. Like, <laughs> Good boy, this this verse turned into like a stranger danger kind of. <laughs> So these men follow me. me. Where do you live? Where do you stay? <laughs> okay, that won't leave my mind for a while. <laughs> Good. Okay. Yeah, that 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 started to worry me. Um, okay, so uh, uh, Jesus is just walking by uh, two random days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, that one over there. Yeah. That man with a scraggly beard and honeycomb in it is pointing at me. Again. Again. Weird. Get away from me, weirdo. Um, uh, so he just, he, he, and, and he, he does pick him out, essentially, of the crowd, is the way this story goes. Yes. With what's fascinating here is that the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist uh-huh. isn't described is not described. Instead, right. John's reaction to it is described. But this is one of those times where it looks like John, the writer of the Gospel of John, is purposely downplaying the role of John the Baptist. So And there was reason to do that. Yeah, right? because and and here this is a place, this is the only place where apostles of Jesus are identified as apostles first of John the Baptist. Okay. And they shift immediately to Jesus. So that, we believe, is the Gospel of John trying to tell the followers of John the Baptist, even after John the Baptist's death, you really should be following Jesus. Mm. Look, these guys did. You should too. I'm trying to remember. It's John that is the book that was written at such a time where we believe the author was trying to, to create distance between the Jewish faith and the Christian faith, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so that might also play into it as well. Like John the Baptist, you know, the one that you Romans had beheaded and like, not the, you, no, we have any problem with yeah. that. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're separate. We're, we're yeah. separate from that. that yeah. You know. And really that's a better way to describe John's uh, technique rather than trying to separate from, um, Jews, though that there's a certain amount of that. What's more important is trying to appease Romans and try to minimize the beginning persecutions of Christians. Gotcha. Which he was not that successful at. No. Let's be clear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it did not work. Uh, not that anyone would have been. Uh, but right. Uh, but uh, um, let me see here. Whoa. Uh, what was? What's the point of? Spending the time to identify what time of day it was. Um, just... We don't know. Okay, because it's not. It's not like um, it's not like certain other things that we've seen in scripture, where it's like, and it was, you know, this day after that, you know, yeah. to, to to create kind of a historical context of like this is this is where it falls in timeline and to place it into a kind of a history or a historical aspect. This is just like you know. Oh, it was four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, that that's nice. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, and, and John, it's it's sometimes hard to figure out why he puts a certain detail in. Uh-huh. So it might have been very meaningful to the his community, to John John's community of was four o'clock when the evening prayers were said, or something like that. I was or it say, might simply be to explain 
why the next events did not happen that same day. Right. Yeah, because it's not it, like it's not like a the 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 uh, occurrence the account goes into like uh oh and then you know it's four o'clock in the afternoon and and that's the reason why they celebrated Passover together, right or right. you know something like that. Yeah. It wasn't though. Now that you said that. Mm-hmm. Actually, there is something. Is there <laughs> that this hadn't occurred Just to not me? In, not in this. Uh, not in this writing. It's yeah. further well, on it's, down in the chapter. Or? What the, this chapter over and over um, prefigures J- Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection stories. Okay, so that very well could be a. Remember, Jesus is going to die around three o'clock. Okay, and one of John's key theologies is that and it's not uncommon for the, any of the gospels to have this theology is that no one really understands who jesus is until jesus's death and resurrection right so it could be that okay they're following jesus but there's this little time thing of oh okay we'll we'll hear more about that in chapter 20 that mm. that after the importance of the afternoon jesus's death and that's really when Jesus will be revealed. And I have to admit, that's off the top of my head. Sure. So it may be complete fiction, but it's a, a very strong possibility. Because there's the references here to the lamb, mm-hmm. which in John is the Passover lamb. And uh, John's very strong on having the death of Jesus be at the same time as when the Passover lambs were killed. Gotcha. For that, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, don't don't write your term paper and footnote this. <laughs> My but, term paper will not be on this. Yeah, <laughs> but it is a distinct possibility now that I look at it. Okay, I might Great. have to go read some Greek. There you go. Um, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> uh, so, um, and then he goes into uh, he he uh, he goes into uh, full. Uh, um, God mode as far as like uh, uh, going, <laughs> g- giving going back to uh, the writing in Genesis uh, or, or uh, sorry I guess it's not so much God it'd be Adam Adam mode of like and you're called this and you're called oh, this oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my you're I'm Andrew Simon Peter no you're gonna be called this <laughs> change your name tag yep well and that's part of um happens through the Hebrew scriptures of certain key figures are renamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's walking very much. This this is not Jesus going, hmm, hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. You're not called Cephas. It doesn't fit you. Yes. No, you are. It, it won't publish well. You are not a Simon. You are not. A, no, no. And obviously the. Clearly not. Um. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> Cephas. I'm not going to call you. Translated as Peter, far. but also means an Aramaic rock. Uh-huh, right. And so it's a very symbolic name mm-hmm. that uh, Peter, and this is very strong in John, um, is the foundation for the Christian community. Is the right. foundation for the church. So it's, and that's interesting because it is the. Youngest gospel, the last gospel written, mm-hmm. and so we we can see the development of the importance of Peter through the gospels, through um, Book of Acts. How clearly, very early on, the church 
the, the Christians saw Peter's role as being crucial mm -hmm. to what how the church started and how it was going to continue. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting, uh, depending on when a book is written, the, the, you know, the author has a different yeah. A and B structure as far as where you're coming from and where I want to get you to the end. The context uh, is different. It, it, yeah. it does change. Um, the, the other joke I was going to say is it, it, I, I like the idea of Jesus saying like, no, I already have a friend named Simon, so. <laughs> Which uh, doesn't work because there, there are a couple of apostles who's, Names are repeated. Well, I just like assume. Jude. Unfortunately, one of them's Judas. Yeah, I, I assume in that context that they, they he, he tried to rename them, and they were like, no, they gave, <laughs> they just gave pushback. They're the ones who who, who weren't doormats. No, really, it. you don't want to be Judas. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, you you, you really don't. <laughs> there will never be a church named after you. That's right. No, no, there won't. I'm not going to do anything wrong. I know that, but you're Judas. <laughs> Just like the just, other Judas is just like guy. just like just like Hitler. It's just yeah. uh, you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna name the their names name. useless yeah. from now on. No more no more Adolfs for at right. least a generation. Right. <laughs> Only some dogs. Uh, gosh. And you never want that guy as a neighbor. No, you never know. <laughs> Uh, any anything else? Obviously, uh, the the the, the to, to wrap, at least wrap it up, uh, and then I can ask if there's any other anything else. This is so. This is again as we're talking about the second epiphany, third epiphany, uh, or a continued epiphany. Yeah. Uh, th so this is uh, this is the the realization of John that right. uh, he has found. He has found the one he was looking for. John bearing witness. Yeah, yeah. The, Jesus is Neo. Yeah, this is this is John's Neo. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, uh, and another uh, obscure movie reference. Yes, well, it's not that obscure. It it's is pretty, now. <laughs> that's, maybe I'm showing my age. Uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, uh, this is this is the John's. This is basically John's realization that yeah. we view the and the, uh, passing the baton. His, yeah, uh, and and uh, and so that's 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 anything. Anything else on on that? I asked all my questions. The the big thing is well not the big thing but one thing to just emphasize that you were just saying is that this is a another place where in the Gospel of John John the Baptist is saying I'm not the one right Jesus is follow Jesus um, so that's part of the God made manifest um, mm. content okay mm -hmm. and gives us a metaphor today where we may be tempted to follow the temptation of power or riches or whatever and we should remember no it's jesus who's the chosen one it's jesus mm -hmm. who's the real one yep okay well with that i think we'll conclude this your podcast for january 19th uh 2020 uh and we will continue on into this uh uh, feast year or portion of Epiphany, mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, and uh, uh, we have our uh, we're, we're back to normal as far as church schedules go, mm -hmm. um, and uh, eight, we, and we eight and ten, and uh, uh, we'll we'll uh, have obviously the the audio 
uh, posted here on on the uh, same channel uh, as soon as I can get around to putting it up there uh, and and the video on HFEC videos. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you at Sunday, uh, and if not, uh, uh, hopefully uh, looking forward to that view or listen online. Yeah. And uh, uh, hope, but otherwise I'll, I'll try to greet you in person. Uh, so. Um, until we meet again, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.